welcome to The New Consent Narrative, a podcast where we focus a new lens on relationship and sexual violence and what you can do about it. Our aim is to share information in a relatable, easy, and digestible manner for college students who want to be a part of the solution but may not know where to start. My name is Jilly McBain. I am a sophomore at the University of Utah studying health, society, and policy. I am passionate about ending sexual violence, which is why I work as a student staff member at the U's McCluskey Center for Violence Prevention Research and Education. I am hosting this podcast to hopefully get our messages across to more people. I also come from an upper middle class background and I identify as a white cisgender woman, which shapes some of my perspectives on the topics we discuss. Today, I am joined by one of my close friends who I met here at the U, Oliver Liston. We've had conversations about this stuff in the past, including relationships, consent, boundaries, etc., and I really like Oliver's perspectives. I thought it'd be fun to continue the conversation on this podcast. So welcome, Oliver. Thank you so much for having me, Jillian. I'm honored to be here. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your identities? Of course. Uh, my name is Oliver. I am a computer science major here at the U. I'm a sophomore. I'm from Salt Lake City. My identities, I'm white, cisgendered, heterosexual, and I like that we share those. I think that's helpful. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Oliver. Um, In this episode, we're going to talk about some of the nuances of navigating dating and sexual relationships, as well as our understanding of consent and communication, and hopefully we'll cover a whole lot of things that are relevant to college students like us. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these issues are really relevant and sometimes more than we realize in college. And I hope that if we focus more on communication, that a lot of we can solve a lot of these issues. So I really like that we're talking about it here today. Right. Um, well, then let's get started with the buzzword to get this conversation going. How do you think your approach to an understanding of consent was shaped? I'd love to say that Growing up, my parents really taught me like what consent should look like, and they just raised me with good values. And while I'm so grateful for my parents, I think they raised me with really good values. They never actually like had any direct conversation about consent with me. And I I mention that because I think it's very indicative of like a greater societal thing that like even super great people and super respectful people are a little bit like too uncomfortable to talk about consent. I mean, I I certainly am, and. I feel that it's a it's an easy topic to avoid. I would totally agree. I think that my mom would say now that she would have wanted the topic of sex to be much more approachable for my siblings and I growing up. And we also know that a lack of education at schools or a lack of open conversation between parents and children about sex has been correlated with people not knowing what they're doing, a lot more misunderstanding about consent later in life, especially as people get to college. Um, So I'd like to ask you, how do you see these misunderstandings or complications happening? Well, I just think there's a a lot that can go wrong when you don't learn how to do something. I mean, everything we do in our lives, we're taught how to do by somebody else. Uh, This is one of the few exceptions, consent being one of them, and, and really just how to proceed in a in sort of a romantic setting, that's not something that's described to us for obvious reasons. I mean, it'd be pretty uncomfortable to learn about that in school, and I don't think people would like that. So I think most of it just comes from a whole of we don't really learn how to do this thing. It's, it has a lot of implications in our life. And we don't know what we're doing because we're not taught it. And then in those encounters, 
there is also this kind of lack of communication. In my mind, I think that intimate encounters should be a space where people can be vulnerable and openly communicate what they want and what they don't want. But a lot of times this kind of true expression doesn't actually happen. Part of that might be because there's kind of a smoothing of the interaction where neither person really knows what they're doing. They don't want to embarrass or disappoint the other person. So they kind of just like follow through with what's happening in this like sexual encounter, whatever it may be, even if it's not exactly what they want. And I also think that people might be asking for things, thinking that they're doing it in an impartial and non-pushy way when they actually do have kind of like underlying expectations. There are kind of these unintended worries or consequences about either if you say yes or no to certain things, whether that gets disrespected, violated, or taken advantage of. And I think that if we aren't communicating in that moment, I don't know where our understandings of these roles or what we're doing is supposed to come from. Do you have any idea where you think these like roles or our understandings come from? Yeah, I think that's spot on. I, I think we sort of draw these conclusions from subconscious ways. So whether it's conversations with our friends, I think is a big one I think of. I've definitely had a lot of, or I've just overheard or been a part of like a lot of conversations just socially with people my age where like, Everybody is sort of portraying this unrealistic explanation of, of what a hookup should look like. And I think like that's super common among men. I'd, I'd be interested to hear sort of what the role is with women. But I guess that, you know, with men, you sort of understand that you should be this, you know, guy that goes and, and like gets what he wants and, and doesn't really like listen as much. And, and mainly, I think it's not normalized for us to talk while we're in an intimate moment. And I think that's a big thing because, like, there are so many different complications that can happen, like you were saying. A lot of them could just be ironed out if we were just willing to talk to our partners. But I think there's a, I think we, there's definitely this notion of, like, talking is uncomfortable during sex or intimate moments. But I'm not sure that just, like, the conversations you have with your friends are where it all comes from. I think it's just a wide societal norm, and I'm, I'm curious to have any ideas of how we're influenced by our society. I mean, I would totally agree with you that conversations with friends, especially about like the intimate details of an encounter are very relevant and they shape our expectations or our understandings of what we think is supposed to happen. Um, I'd also like to bring up popular culture, like the movies, TV shows, lyrics and songs. All of that has such an important role in our understanding of hookups and consent. Everyone knows that characters in movies follow these, like, idealized scripts that make men out to be always ready to get engaged in sex and women kind of like the gatekeepers of it, who may be more shy or more passive and eventually cave or make the decision about whether or not the, the hookup or the sex will actually happen. And I think that the way we've seen this happen over and over in movies has translated to what we think hookups are supposed to look like in real life. And there's actually a word for that, too. We call them sexual scripts, which are kind of like all of the expected behaviors or series of events that we think are supposed to happen in a sexual context. So like I mentioned, the man might be kind of like the pursuer, and then the woman is kind of like the gatekeeper. But both parties may feel uncomfortable freely saying no, 
And these expectations are very much shaped by heteronormative culture and traditional roles that just get ingrained over and over again through these messages. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I've never actually heard that term sexual scripts, and I really like it because in my mind, there's no sort of script of how you're supposed to conduct yourself, but there definitely is, and it's it's what we draw from society. So it's like, we don't know what we're supposed to do, and then we rely on sort of this implicit societal script, and we just proceed with our actions mm-hmm. that we've seen in movies. Or Movies are a great example, but you really get it from everywhere. And I think like you notice in movies a lot that women are never really pursuing sex, and I think that puts men and women in a position where they need to follow the sexual script because they expect, like, I think men expect a lot of time that, like, oh, I, I'm i okay to, like, pursue this until I can't anymore, until I don't want to anymore. And we talked about this a little bit, but I'm curious about how you feel, like, maybe not you personally, but the sexual script for a woman is... Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. And I was trying to think to myself, like, what are examples in movies where we see this happening? And, of course, The Notebook came to my mind. That's, like, such a popular movie for our age group. People talk about it all the time. And one of the scenes, we see the main character, Noah, literally climbing up onto a Ferris wheel to get Allie, the female main character, to go on a date with him. And she's declined Uh, his asking before previously. Um, She said she didn't want to, but he is so persistent and pushy and almost um, borderline stalks her before getting to this moment where she finally says yes. He pushes over and over again. And I mean, there's, of course, a whole story, but they end up falling in love. So we're like, oh, that's okay. He did that because it all worked out. We kind of dismiss this harmful behavior because it seems to all work out for him in the end. Even though that's a romantic scenario rather than a sexual one, it really illustrates how people use force and persuasiveness to get what they want. And in our work, we actually call this coercion, which is where one person basically pleads or pushes another person to get what they want. So if it's in a sexual scenario, they could be saying things like, please, just over and over again, or saying, we've already gone this far, I can't help myself. And sometimes it might even be like flattering to the other person. I think for women, it might be like we are supposed to take that as it being flattering, it being a nice thing, it being banter, you know, flirtatious. Um, But it actually can be really harmful. And it's so normalized, which I think is really concerning. Now, Oliver, I'd like to really ask you kind of to convert this conversation. How do you think that we could work towards healthier communication and navigation in these different sexual uh, encounters? That's a really big question. I like it. Um, I like that example of the notebook because... I mean, if you've seen that movie, you'd be like, oh, come on, it's cute and like it's romantic and and that's true but then you have to think about if this is if this is what we're promoting then like can it be taken wrong and that, that's the big thing is i th- i think maybe men are frustrated that they're sort of taught that it's okay and that they should pursue women and and then they're like wait what did i do wrong i was i was doing what i thought was okay and i think the solution to that to answer your question is just to whether it's verbal or nonverbal communication, like listen to your partner, you know? So 
pay attention to their body language and just like ask yourself. I think I think we've talked about this, but like just ask yourself like, are they having a good time? Like, are they enjoying themselves? Are they comfortable? I think that's the main thing because as, as long as you ask yourself that and like ask them that, like ideally you communicate verbally, I think, but sometimes that's not always the most smooth. And like when you do kind of want to keep the keep up this role of being romantic and like knowing what you're doing, then maybe that's not so comfortable. So it's a, it's a fine line you really have to walk. But I, I think the answer may be a little simpler than we make it out to be because I think a lot of times we talk about like, oh, this is, as a man, this is how I have to conduct myself, you know, to avoid like all these situations, you know, of being accused of something. And it's like, well, it's a pretty surefire way to make sure you're not going to accused of anything is like make sure you're not causing any harm. And I think that's easier said than done for sure. But also like if you just check in and make sure like your partner's okay and that they're comfortable and enjoying themselves, then I think we can avoid a lot of those situations but it it is really hard because i just we see in our society we feel like we have to act in ways that maybe aren't even comfortable to us and let alone comfortable with our partners right i really like you saying all of that and describing all of that and i'd like to add that in doing this work we've actually found that there is so much to be learned from our queer counterparts which is One of those things is this idea of paying attention to our partner, not just what they verbally say, but what they're non-verbally communicating. It's this idea called tuning in. And um, because a lot of the messages we receive about sex and consent, whether that's in like a traditional or an educational sense, or just through the movies or through the media, any of that, it's a lot of the times... Uh, very catered towards straight people. Queer folks have had a lot more of a responsibility to figure out how to navigate sex and hookups. But fortunately, this can and has led to healthier norms where paying attention to what their partner is feeling is much more expected and normalized. It's like this ongoing process where they communicate with, they connect with, and they understand their partner, their mood, their feelings, their nonverbal cues, you know, how comfortable they are, how tense they are. All of that has led to them developing these these healthier scripts, basically. And they have gotten better at using these signals to either stop or slow down when they need to, rather than, say, going all the way because they feel like that's what they're supposed to do. And That's really interesting. Yeah. I've actually never heard of that, so I'm glad that you guys are, are learning about that or that you have that sort of perspective because I, I must admit I don't. I mean, I'm a, as a straight man and I don't have a lot of non-straight friends to be completely honest I don't really get that perspective and I think like it's kind of funny that there's this whole other there's these whole other roles out there that I think are probably a lot healthier it sounds like and I think there's definitely something us us learning from that yeah I definitely agree I mean there's so much value in just like educating ourselves learning about these things and like you mentioned earlier having conversations like these because All of this stuff, like consent and navigating relationships, is made out to be so simple and so easy, but I feel like we're all just a little bit confused. I would agree. I think 
it's super complicated, but also I think we can really simplify it in, in just asking ourselves what we know is best and asking our partners like what they would prefer. Right. Um, well, we have had a great conversation today, and I want to thank you, Oliver, for joining me. If you're listening, make sure to tune in next time because we're going to be talking about how we can apply some of what we've talked about today to reduce harm in our own lives, and we'll also be joined by another special guest. I am your host, Jillian McBain, from the McCluskey Center for Violence Prevention, Research, and Education. Our producer is Brooke Adams. Theme music is Lobo Loco. And special thanks to Robert Nelson of the Marriott Library for his technical help. Thank you for listening. <laughs>